Welcome to episode one of One Brew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I am your host, Kevin Zaid, and today's episode, I will be joined by my co-host, Jacob Davis, and our guest, Carl Huddleston of Movie Podcast Weekly. And he joined us to talk about Hans Zimmer, one of the great film composers of all time, as far as we are concerned. We're going to get started with the conversation, talk about a few movies that are out in theaters, one on Blu-ray that's out now, um, and shortly after that we get right into our top five Hans Zimmer scores. Enjoy the show! Welcome to One Brew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Every week we talk about film, sometimes new. I was there to push people beyond what's expected of them. Sometimes old. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Films that inspire creativity. Films that inspire hope. And I'm going to see the world. Italy, Greece, the Parthenon, the Colosseum, and then I'm going to build things. I'm going to build airfields. I'm going to build schools. Films that take you to a place you never knew existed. I'm feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Sometimes films that are just entertaining. We hope that when you listen to us, you walk away with a new idea, a new perspective, or at least you have a good time. Are you not entertained? Thanks for joining us. Oh, no, happy to be here. Have you uh, have you watched anything recently that you wanted to talk about? I know you guys do mini reviews. I We're still thinking about whether we'll do something like that or not, but... Uh, have you seen anything good lately that you want to recommend to the listeners? Man, you know, I actually I tried to go see um, the Wonder. Oh yeah, the story of the little boy with the disfigured face, and got about twelve thirteen minutes into the movie, and the theater lost power. <laughs> oh no! Way. And uh, so we waited and waited, and the power came back on, but for some reason, and this was like a megaplex of at least eight ten theaters they got all the projectors running again except the one we were in and it was taken forever and finally everyone's like i i can't i'm, I'm not going to sit here so we got a a, a rain check and and uh, i haven't gone back to try and see it again but, <laughs> but it, the, first, the first yeah the first 10 minutes were promising and i've heard it's a really good movie so but uh that's uh owen wilson and julia roberts too yep. right Correct. Yeah. I didn't realize Julia Roberts was in it, but I knew Owen Wilson was. Yeah, and uh, another one I actually picked up uh, just came out on uh, Blu-ray and 4K, which I don't know if you guys have seen it. If you haven't, it's it's brilliant, is uh, Logan Lucky. Yes, that's uh, the uh, the Ocean's Eleven guy, right? It's like yep. they call it, they, the tagline was like Ocean's Seven Eleven or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's like Ocean Eleven for rednecks. You yeah, know? <laughs> I did watch that. I uh, my wife and I went on a date, and uh, I think we weren't feeling it. Uh, we weren't feeling it that night, but I think I gave it a three and a half out of five. Um, I, oh, okay. I did have a good time, but. Uh, you should you should rewatch it and see okay. what you think because uh, I there was several jokes I had forgotten or I had missed and uh, um, my my wife lived in uh, West Virginia for about a year and a half and then that's where Jason is from and uh, both of them said that uh, 
Steven Soderbergh nailed it as far as the people. <laughs> oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Wow. So. Let's see. So I watched yesterday. I went out and saw the three billboard three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Oh, that's great, isn't it? Yeah, that was that was a ton of fun. That was this is this is my finals week, so I'm planning on seeing like a ton of movies in the next week. Uh, is that the the one done by um, Seven Psychopaths? Yeah, Martin McDonough. Yeah, Bruges too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have to go see that. I thought the Three Billboards was just delightful. It's both hilarious and tragic all in in one. You know, you don't know whether to cry or laugh, but. You end That's up doing exactly so. how I felt. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I walked out and, you know, like, in Bruges, I felt a little bit the same way. Like, there's some fairly dark stuff, but that seemed mostly a comedy. Yeah. And I, I remember laughing mostly, but this was, it's just so dark. It was, yeah. it was, it was a tough watch at times, yeah. but uh, at the other times. Well, I don't know. I love Seven Psychopaths, but I don't know if I can ever watch that film again just because of <laughs> some of the violence in it. Like the message of it was so good, and but there were just some just terrifyingly violent moments in that film that I don't know that I want to revisit. Have you seen Seven Psychopaths, Carl? I have. Yeah. Did you like it? I did. Yeah. yeah. It. Um, uh, yeah. This. This one's not. I would say not as violent. There is some violence, but I wasn't like shocked by it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's just one of those brutal stories that's more, uh, uh, in your head as opposed to visually, you know. Yeah. In your head and in your heart, you know, like this girl, this woman's daughter's raped and murdered and it's just the cops aren't doing anything. And, uh, yeah, that's right. It's Frances McDermott. Yeah. Yeah, And she was brilliant. Uh. I yep. really like her. And so is uh, Sam Rockwell is incredible. Absolutely. I also really like Sam Rockwell. Yeah. So he's uh, His character, he's, I've never seen him play someone that just is almost pure evil. I mean, and he's not pure evil because there's a point in the film where his character actually has a a transition, if you will. And his acting is so good that you're you fully are believing it, you know. And it's so subtle as not to be like, oh, now he's a good guy. Right, He's right. still very troubled, and you still kind of dislike him, but at the same time, exactly what you said, he's not pure evil. It's yep. more understandable, perhaps. Yeah, more or relatable, unfortunately. Mm. <laughs> just, yeah, just a lost soul, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I could think of with Sam Rockwell being pure evil is... The Green Mile. The Green Mile. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I don't right. remember He's the he's the he's the actual the actual guy who did the crime that John Coffey's in jail for. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, yeah he's the guy who has the moon pie. The in his yeah. cheeks and spits yeah. it on the. It's cop been so up. long I've, since I've seen that. I revisit Tom Hanks films every few months just to <laughs> just <laughs> to give myself a warm from, yeah. feeling. You know, something in Hollywood's going right. You know, hopefully. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you seen the post yet? Is it out yet? I don't think it's out yet. I'm super excited for that. One. I think yeah, that that's one's closer to Christmas. Mm. Yeah. There's uh, there's not much this week either. Um, 
kind of hit and miss, you know, n- near the end of the year. Yeah. Of course, yeah, next week is Star Wars, but oh, <laughs> yeah, right. right. That, that came fast. It really did. Yep. Well, uh, so Carl Huddleston, the man who loves Hans Zimmer just like I do. <laughs> the reason we yes. brought you on here is to talk about him. Um, I just, uh, there's, there's few things I'm as passionate about as movie music. Um, and we'll get to this when we get to my number one moment. As, as sappy and kind of cheesy as it is, you'll understand. Um, Jacob and I have been kind of picking specific kind of moments in the music or in the movie. Um, did you come prepared with like a top five or just Stamps yeah. in general, or what do you? What I've been you looking with? over. Um, it's funny because if you go to his IMDb page and under composer, it's 186 credits. Yeah, and uh, which is just astounding. And so, I was going to ask you guys this question, and I'll answer for myself first. But do you remember what movie you first were watching where the music stuck, struck, uh, stuck at? to you and and you wondered who did this um for me it was two movies uh it, way back to um uh rain man and driving miss daisy mm-hmm. driving miss daisy that's a great soundtrack yeah uh and that is Hans zimmer right yep i thought so yeah um, yeah and, and me, those were two movies where i was like just wow i, I gotta find out who's who wrote this you know for me, it was, uh, I have two, and they're both on my list, but uh, the the youngest I can remember really being moved uh, in a film, I was, I was young, and it was The Lion King. And it's not the part where Mufasa's, where Mufasa dies, although that did make me cry. Um, it was the part where uh, Simba is walking up after he defeats Scar, and uh, that that movement, that music behind him is just so powerful um, that I remember that in the theater, just being like, "Wow!" Um, I don't. I was too young to recognize, you know, what was even going on, but that's like that's one of my first memories of like just wow. And then the other one would be Gladiator, which was uh, oh my, yeah. I snuck it in, or I, I, I snuck a viewing. My parents uh, <laughs> weren't fans of letting kids watch R-rated movies. <laughs> um, so I watched it at a friend's house, and I embarrassingly cried. Uh, I think I was probably 13, and I cried during the, the scene at the end. And that, that music, I went home, and I think I probably bought the soundtrack. I had a paper route. Man, that that soundtrack is so incredible. Oh yeah, I I bought that the next day. I think. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Uh, I think, man, that's that's a hard one. The first film I can ever remember watching was Star Wars Episode Four, and it's hard to. I mean, that opens with just loud music. So, uh, you know, John Williams being quintessential, mm-hmm. but. Um, I think the first time where I had ever really considered the idea that like it would be fun to compose 
music was, um, goodness, it was probably seeing Beetlejuice at a young age. Uh, Danny, Danny Elfman, Elfman. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and uh, just remembering how scared I was because I was really young when I watched it, uh, but how fun the music felt, um, you know. And then there are some musical moments that happen to deal with you know being possessed, but like <laughs> they were hilarious, and so uh, I think that that sticks out vividly to me for some reason, just, you know, those horns and the strings doing the dun, 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 that all his scores do. But, yeah. uh, Beetlejuice was definitely a, a big, uh, where the music is connected to the film for me. His, his score for the first Batman was brilliant. Yeah. Na, 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 na. That yeah. sticks out to me. Cause as a kid, that was the beginning of the cartoon, the animated series in the nineties. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah, that, that same theme, and that sticks out vividly in my mind as well. Danny Elfman is, uh, he's so kind of whimsical that mm-hmm. I kind of overlook him when I think about great composers, but he really is really good. He's a lot of fun, yeah. yeah. Do you guys, are you familiar with his band, Oingo Boingo? Yeah, I yeah. am. Oh, I am not. I'll have to... 80s. Okay, yeah. great. Spotify. A lot You've of probably. The- John Hughes films. Yeah, in fact, you guys, you probably, uh, Kevin, are familiar with at least his song that al- is always gets played at Halloween called Dead Man's Party. Do you know I, that one? I, it sounds familiar. The, yeah. the name sounds familiar. Um, I'll look it up. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll look it up. I'll play a bit when I edit this in post-production. <laughs> <laughs> um and then I'll be like, oh yeah, that song. <laughs> um. Boingo, boingo. Great band. They also did the theme song for Weird Science, which is why I'm thinking of John Hughes. But yeah, they are. They are great. Which makes me think also of Mark Mothersbaugh and both both the Mothersbaugh brothers from Devo. Uh, yeah. I think the other one, Bob, I think did the soundtrack for the TV show Rugrats, which was <laughs> one that I grew up with. So, so are you... Uh... It sounds like you are well-versed, Carl, then, in kind of composers of many natures. Are you, uh, is, is music something that's important to you as a film viewer? Oh, it's for me, it's 50% of a movie. Uh, I'm so with you. <laughs> you know, it can, you know, it can be the difference between whether you are tears running down your face or you're kind of like waiting for the next scene, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, and a, a great example of this uh, happened tonight. Uh, my daughter was watching Kung Fu Panda 3, which I know you really enjoyed. And I was like, eh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll watch it. And I did watch it. And this is a, another Hans Zimmer, so it was already yeah. on my radar. But just great music can make a kid's movie emotional and touching, whereas some movies even done by a 
Hans Zimmer, i.e. Boss Baby. I'm yeah. Just not, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> but, uh... It sounded like a home run when they pitched it, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's, that uh, a soundtrack can literally make or break a film, so... Yeah, I... I'm trying to think of a film in which the soundtrack just kind of flies. Honestly, a lot of Harry Gregson Williams stuff. Uh, his video game soundtracks are phenomenal, but... Um, yeah, he did the Chronicles of Narnia. He also did... Uh, I think he did Armageddon, but all I remember from Armageddon is... is uh, weird the, Father Daughter... No, not 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 that. Uh, the um, the it was all pop music. Mm. Was the that was the soundtrack my parents purchased for me when I was a kid okay. that had Aerosmith and all those guys on it. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to. Th- I can't think of one where I'm like, man, that really ruined the movie for me. I can definitely think of movies where my experience was. Elevated mm-hmm. by the music, though. Yeah. But well, uh, shall we move on to our top five Hans Zimmer moments, movies, tracks, whatever we have ready? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've written down about ten, but I, I can, I'll do some honorable mentions. But Perfect. I don't know if you guys know this, just a bit of history. But um, have you ever seen or the song or heard the seen the video actually uh video killed the radio star uh, is that buggles yep so I that's heard the song yeah that's yeah. the very first music video that MTV ever played and uh the buggles only did two albums but um hans uh got his one of his starts he was he played keyboards on that first album oh no way yeah that's Awesome. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's one of my favorite albums. It's, it was so ahead of its time. Their second album was was not as good at, by any stretch, but that that album's a classic. It's called The Age of Plastic. I already like the sound of it. That's I'm awesome. Have to <laughs> pick that up. Yeah, it's uh, it's very futuristic and pop, but the lyrics are just brilliant. And uh, yeah, it's a great album. But uh, that's I didn't know he had actually been in the band until years later. Um, when he was becoming famous and he talked about it. Yeah, that's it. I, I, I had no idea. I, awesome I do like though. that song. But, yeah. Uh, that's yeah, awesome. I'm familiar with a few of the others from, for, I don't know if it's from their first or second album, but I'm familiar with other yeah. songs by them. Were they, because I know he originally was from Germany, but were was that a German band? No, the rest of the guys were English. Okay. Um. Yeah, and they went on to be uh, producers, and uh, he worked uh, f- for a bit with the members of the band Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, so he's he's had a wide range of experience. He really has. Jeez. That's awesome. Well, why don't you start us off, Carl? Give us a, give us a, a number five, and then we'll do the honorable mentions at the end. Okay. I also have a few honorable mentions. So let's see, number five... I'm just looking at my list here. Um, oh man, there's so many. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Um, 
I actually really like the soundtrack of The Rock. Mm. Yeah, with Sean Connery and Nicholas, Nicholas Cage. Cage. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's just some great. He does some uh, great kind of swelling choruses at the end you know when the kind of the climax is happening but even even in the quiet moments it's uh it it really draws you in all right i'll take a look uh, but yeah i like the rock the movie's great yeah. Lots of fun. yeah <laughs> <laughs> totally implausible but really fun yes. yeah 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 that's what it's the height of uh, height of mid to late 90s like adventure films right or was it i don't even remember what year that was yeah. but still that it like was 95 i think 95 so definitely like that time where we go back and watch those movies and we're like how did we even think this like <laughs> how did we sit through this movie and not go that yeah. wouldn't work <laughs> yeah it was 96 okay yeah, yeah. jacob um i, I so and I think this harkens back to my love of Danny Elfman, but uh, Hans Zimmer did the soundtrack for the Simpsons movie. And uh, I purchased every existing season of the Simpsons while when the movie came out. And so I received several free tickets to the film. And oh. <laughs> I, I've probably seen the Simpsons movie more than any other film I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I know it's ridiculous because it's not even, it's probably not even in my top like 50, but uh, you know, uh, but the soundtrack in that was done by Hans Zimmer. And what I really love about it is that it, the Simpsons theme runs through almost every single part of it, whether it's uh, a super intense moment or super calm moment. Um, it's always there. And, uh, my, personal favorite part is uh i think the track is called like um uh well you've doomed us all again yes uh and it's this very intense music and i believe it's when the simpsons are being chased out of town by an angry mob uh and they fit in the Simpsons theme to this like incredible like action score. And it's <laughs> kind of hilarious because it's, it's minor when it should be major. And it, uh, so it's back there and you don't notice it in the film unless you're like only listening to the soundtrack. But, um, I, I love that soundtrack. It fits the show so well. And it also brings it into cinema with that typical like, Zimmer Grace, I suppose. <laughs> uh, nice. My favorite part of the Simpson movie is during the opening credits. Uh, I think it's the, the dad, Homer. Yeah. He's like, the best part about this movie is, is you can watch this for free on Sunday <laughs> on <nights."> te- Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, funny. Why am I paying $12 to see something I get to watch at home for yeah, free? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so for my number five, I kind of have a cheater, uh, kind of a a cheating pick, but I have kind of Hans Zimmer action, uh, which would be like Gladiator, Inception, the Dark Knight trilogy, and I know that that's cheating, so if I had to pick one, I would go Gladiator. Okay. Um, but, But yeah, he just, he's so like full. During these actions, it's not you know it's 
there's no one part that is uh, overbearing. It's not like too heavy on the guitar. You know, it's just like it's it's so full for the whole for the whole action sequence. But uh, I'll pick Gladiator just so I'm not cheating. I appreciate well, and, that. And a good example of that, uh, Kevin, is one of my honorable mentions is the uh, the climactic and exciting scenes in the movie uh, Crimson Tide. Oh, yeah. Yes. That, those are really, man, they pull you in. You are with every bit of tension and excitement. That's a great example. Great honorable mention. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I So I came into this, Carl... Not being as big of a Hans Zimmer fan, I appreciate him, but I just, he to me is, is someone I see as kind of like the, oh, it's Hans Zimmer. Like, <laughs> Once you again, know, the, the, go- he's like the Tom Cruise of, of, yeah, yeah, <laughs> orchestrators. Um, but, uh, I'm glad that you brought that up because I don't even think about films like that that I love and whose scores I love, uh, and, you know, just forget because I'm not the kind of person who goes, I wonder who did the music for Crimson Tide and like get on my phone and, <laughs> and check, you know? So, but that's, yeah. that's absolutely true. Well, that was made on a time too, before you could get on a phone. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Carl, go for number four. A uh, number four, I'm going to go. Uh, Gladiator. Mm. Good pick. That's a great pick. It's almost like enough said, like that (laughs) film score. Yeah, that's. It's definitely repeat listening. Yeah. Mm. Man. And even just, like, how many things have been stolen? Mm. Like, for instance, the, the woman in a kind of. Like. Mediterranean style yes. singing with some sort of like whimsical or not whimsical, but Every like reminiscence or right. Uh, just so many of those like musical ideas have just been done to death because of gladiator. Yeah. Well, oh. and it, the, the combination they do with the vocals of what's her name. I'm, I'm trying to look it up here. I think it's um, Lisa Gerard. Yes. Oh, she is amazing. Yeah. If you guys ever want to hear an incredible soundtrack uh, that was not done by him, but have you ever seen the movie The Insider? With Al Pacino and Russell uh, Crowe. Russell Crowe, yeah. Oh, because directed like by Michael Mann. One, right? and, uh, yeah. yeah. There's a song in there called Sacrifice that she sings that is, is mind-blowing. Yes, I had to watch that for an ethics class last term. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. Yeah. What's what's that song called? The Sacrifice, Sacrifice. sir. That's a good choice. All right, Jacob. Um, I think my number four for Zimmer would have to be Inception, uh, and not only because of uh, it just really fitting kind of the strangeness of the film, um, but also because it redefined theatrical trailers. <laughs> Like, I cannot go to a movie and watch an action trailer without some sort of thing going on nowadays. Uh, And to this day, I still remember how it felt to sit in that theater and 
there are parts of Inception that I can't remember. I remember the spinning top, but I remember vividly the music yeah, and uh, always just being like, oh my it, goodness. It's as big as the, as the scope of the film. Yes. Yeah, I I agree with that, and I think it I think it also pulls off a certain amount of bigness that the film kind of gets muddled in, to be honest. And so I think the the score even I, I like the film, but I think the score surpasses the the film in some ways. Uh, yeah, but I I love that score. So my number four is uh, I kind of talked about it earlier, but the King of Pride Rock. From the Lion King, it's uh, it's this specific timpani drum in the background while Simba's walking up, the rain's falling, and there's this like I, I think it's like a slow triplet, boom, 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 and it's uh, it's it's just it moves me every time, and uh, I hear it out of out of uh, sequence like not watching the film and still every time I like, have to pause, it's just so powerful, that movement. It, it's a, a, Carl, you said swells earlier with, uh, mm-hmm. with, I don't remember why you said that, but it's exactly the right word. Like it's just this, every emotion you can't say just comes out in this movement. And it's really just truly powerful. Yeah, he's he's also a master at like pulsing arpeggios, you know, yes. right rising in in notes and and uh, just he gets your blood pumping, you know. Yeah, one of my uh, one of my honorable mentions, which I'll mention now since you just said that, is uh, the Da Vinci Code. Yeah, that's, that's one of mine as well. Example of like the, that rising arpeggio where just. You don't think it can even go up any farther, and it still goes <laughs> up. Like, yeah, it's 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 good. The, my favorite part of that movie, as far as the music, is the final scenes where Tom Hanks is walking from the hotel to the Louvre, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger uh, until he kneels down to pray. I think that song is called uh, the Thirteen. 13, what is it called? So it's called 13 Chevaliers de Shangri or something like oh. that. I wrote huh. it down because that, that's the moment I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, Carl, you're on your third now. Uh, so third, I am going to go with uh, Dunkirk. Uh, it's a masterpiece, right? Like a true masterpiece. Oh, it's... It, it, and the funny thing is, the music is kind of uh, almost scarce. It's a lot yeah. of like sound effect kind of music, like a... a a, a ticking clock or mm-hmm. but uh but then there's moments where he does his thing and you're just like man kind of wrecks you yeah <laughs> like like the scene where the where uh, uh kenneth brano sees all the ships coming in you know and you, the camera goes to see the ships and then the music just comes in and you're like you're, you're you have goosebumps you know i know exactly what you're talking about because I'm going to go out of order. That's my number two. <laughs> and it's that exact moment where 
So one of the guys asks Kenneth Branagh, what is that? And he goes, it's home. Yeah. And yep. the music is just big. It's beautiful. Oh, I cried like a little baby. Yeah. It's one of the, it's one of the two like more uplifting parts of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, I think, I think I would, I would also have to say that Dunkirk is my number three. I, that, that movie was so, was such a sensory experience that, um, I think had he tried anything else, it, it would have failed to accomplish what it yeah. did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I saw it three times in the theater. Was, oh man, that's, <laughs> that was awesome. There, there was a small old lady sitting next to me watching it and, she was all kinds of jumping and had her hand, <laughs> hands over her ears half the movie and it was yeah. so loud. It was so loud, but it was it was it was accomplished because of that sense of urgency and and fear that I think that music had. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll just well, I'll I'll just do my number three, I guess, and then we'll skip my number two because it's the same thing. <laughs> but my number three is uh, The Last Samurai. Mm. And there's uh, specifically this moment in the final battle. You know it's coming when the the evil Westerners <laughs> pull out the Gatling gun. And you've seen it a hundred times before and since, probably. And But there's this moment in The Last Samurai where this big musical uh, number is just going so powerful and it stops as they fire the machine gun and it just it just gets me every time and it's only a few seconds where it stops but it, it just kind of feels like forever and then it just moves seamlessly from this big kind of victorious movement into this just devastating like melancholy tone and mm-hmm. it's it's genius hmm. alright Carl you're up number two number two for me is Inception yep I, I, I literally I think I saw that movie three or four times in the theater I was so blown away I mean I had never seen anything quite like that before yeah it is yeah, I I was sitting with visual with the visuals from that film in my head yeah. for weeks. The I city actually, folding in on itself and all that. Yep, I actually had gotten laid off from my job. I think a couple months before, and so I had plenty of time to kill. And like, I think I went like three days in a row. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jacob, number two. Well, my number two is Interstellar. Um, I really wanted Interstellar to be the next 2001 Space Odyssey, and while I think that it didn't quite meet that expectation as far as storyline went, I think the music was mind-blowing. Um,
and it's just I think my favorite part about it is how intense it all is there's not there's not a moment of it that doesn't feel like it never feels like too much but the music just gives this underlying like filled to fit to burst kind of vibe and it only comes out at certain moments um uh, this the song is called No Time for Caution, and I believe it's when they're on the the planet of waves, and it's just this incredibly, oh, yeah. uh, incredibly intense. The synthesizers, and you've got these long tones with just this pounding drone that's percussive, and I just uh, and throughout that whole thing, you've got those really high treble bells or something yeah but i don't know what it is but yeah the whole time that the the use of synth of synthesizer with yeah. with a full orchestra i think just accomplishes both the sense of otherworldliness and the sense of like humanity i guess mm-hmm. whereas like i feel like one of the flaws of soundtracks from like the 80s films is that they like do way too much synthesizer to the <laughs> point to where it doesn't even seem like this this seems fake. Right. Like, uh, I think of Escape from New York, <laughs> which, you know, that's not my only problem with that film, but uh, but particularly the brr, 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 kind of, you yeah. know, synthesizer is a little too much. And so to watch a film that has this, I, I would argue, perfect combination of, like, futurism as well as, like, classical music, uh, just really... Um, humanizes the whole picture there's a if you guys ever want to check it out there's a a, it's on youtube i believe it's a documentary about the the actual pipe organ they used for recording um of the mute of that instrument in the movie and it is fascinating that i'm already like my eyes are very wide right now (laughs) yeah that's awesome yeah, because there's just that pulsing pipe organ that usually just sits on like one or two notes every like thirty seconds, and you're just like, oh, so good. It, it has a feeling of ascension. The entire film has this feeling of ascension. Yeah, and I think it's because of that pipe organ. Well, my number two was uh, Dunkirk, so we'll move on. Uh, Carl, it's time for your. Well, let's see. Do you want to do any honorable mentions first? So my yeah my other so Crimson Tide was one um, an older movie that's it's a comedy with Andy McDowell and Gerard Depardieu called Green Card. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen it. It's uh, it's pretty funny. It it's also got a lot of music by uh, from Enya in it. Oh, that's funny. I but, love Enya. <laughs> yeah, but the stuff that isn't her is Hans, and it's it's very reminiscent of like Driving Miss Daisy and Rain Man. Um, but I've always loved it. Um, I also had Kung Fu Panda. Uh, the first Pirates of the Caribbean is brilliant. Um, so good. Yeah. And then one that I love at both of the movies are, uh, he did, uh, both of the Sherlock Holmes with, uh, Robert Downey. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, that's one of my honorable mentions. I, it's so unique, that soundtrack. Yeah. It's so perfect. Pulls off that kind of like artful Dodger style of yeah. the films, yeah. Yeah, it's got that old timey player piano mixed yeah, in yeah. with just pulsing, you know. Oh, God, he's so good at capturing a scene, you know. 
It's yeah, it's it's true. That's a that's a great example. Um, I kind of felt like I was. Uh, I felt like whoever did the music for Murder on the Orient Express, the new one, was trying to do. Yeah, it was. He was trying to mimic the that style, but yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that's a great that's a great pick. Uh, but what is your number one, Carl? So my number one is Interstellar. Mm-hmm. It um, that so I I saw it in the theater and I was pretty much by myself and I was so glad I was because I was bawling like a baby <laughs> in several parts. But when he was doing that, I mean, like there's this like the pipe organ stuff, but that that two note theme he had going. In those quiet moments, like when um, McConaughey sees all the messages from his kids, yeah, and that mm-hmm. it, that that range of emotion he goes through—that's when I was just like, "Oh crap, I'm glad I'm alone," <laughs> because that, if in fact, to me, if you take take away Hans Zimmer's score of this movie, it's kind—it could be a flop. That's how I much of a part. Completely agree. Yeah. In fact, if do you guys own the soundtrack? Uh, no, but I have Spotify, which I oh, pay okay. for, so I can. It's on it's on Amazon Prime's okay. music, so I listen to okay. it often when I'm doing homework. Actually, yeah. one of one of the beauties you get if you buy a CD is a lot of you get liner notes, and if you ever get a chance, you should probably someone's posted them somewhere. But it, there's an incredible story behind uh, Christopher Nolan and Hans working together on this, and for the first time, I'll give just give you a quick synopsis. He wanted to try something different and start involving Hans in the process much earlier than normal. Mm. So he said, I want to try an experiment. He said, we're going to get together, and one in one day I'm going to bring you a one-page, very vague synopsis of the story I'm trying to tell. I'm not going to tell you the genre. I'm not going to tell you the plot. I'm going to give you this one page. I'm going to, then you can go t- take a few hours and and then come back and tell me, what came to your your fingertips and that's when he came back with kind of the main interstellar theme not even huh. knowing what the story is going to be that's wow. pretty crazy yeah it is um because it's it's actually it's fairly unique comparatively to his other stuff it's very specific yep yeah uh, like the music cool the music, one of the scenes i love is when after the uh the space station has, you know, killed Matt, uh, Matt Damon, and they have to go and sync up with it. Oh yeah, yeah. music is incredible. Yeah, it's, it's so good. It's I you 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 couldn't say it better than that movie could be a flop if it didn't have that score. Yep. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah, that's my number one. Jacob, any honorable mentions or anything else besides until you're number one? Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I would probably say... Um, I don't know how I missed it when I was going through IMDb, but I really do enjoy the Crimson Tide soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to listen to it in marching band on the way up to... <laughs> competitions so um yeah uh but no i think uh 
Well, yeah, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. He did the soundtrack for that, <laughs> for the video game. So, um, I guess I've got him to thank for that. Nice. Uh, so what's your number one? My number one is Batman Begins. Um, oh. I, nice. I, even when you and I were talking about it earlier, Kevin, I have a distinct memory of sitting in the theater and just being overtaken immediately. It was the Village Roadshow and the and the Warner Brothers logo, but just the junk of the of the taiko drums at the beginning, um, and then the bats flying across the screen and just this like pulsing percussion. Um, it it blew my mind. Uh, um, like I remember. Because I was expecting this new Batman movie to stink on ice, because George Clooney with his you know nipple suit was the last Batman that we had had before Christopher Nolan took over. Um, but my goodness, the soundtrack in that was it perfectly captures just like the the darker aspects of like Bruce Wayne's training. Um, my personal favorite. Uh, is a song called, um, I'm probably going to screw this up. I believe it's called Microtus. Uh, and it's, um, it's actually the theme that plays and about like young Bruce, like grieving over the death of his parents. Mm. And it just has these swelling strings that build up out of nowhere. And in the film, they line up with this moment where young Bruce Wayne turns to Michael Caine, who's playing Alfred and says, I did it. I killed them. And, uh, and he says, oh no, and like takes Bruce Wayne into his arms and that's when the music plays and it's just this very moving and like, it, it hurts me. every time and i i feel like um yeah i need to watch that one again yeah it's been a while it, yeah it's i i i'm getting like my heart is like pounding in my chest just like talking about it because i think that that one particular soundtrack for me was also such a departure from what i had expected from hans zimmer at that point because that was like in the heyday of my like marching band geek yeah. days you know, we were listening to all the soundtracks, we were listening to Gladiator, and there were these themes that we were starting to notice, and so to have all of a sudden this entirely new, uh, almost minimalist, um, ambient music was such a change. Uh, and so that's why Batman Begins. And I, I would say by extension, the other two as well, sure. the Dark Knight trilogy yeah. in general, um... I would almost argue that they're one soundtrack because the difference between them, he keeps it pretty tight um, with enough variance for there to be uh, some pretty cool stuff. But man, it just, it takes my breath away still to this day. With, uh, I mean, Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker, I mean, kind of steals away the rest of that trilogy, which is really well done. 
I love Batman Begins. And I don't even like comic books or comic book movies. None of that stuff is my cup of tea. And so walking into Batman Begins and the the soundtrack, the the production quality, the different ideas that I had had versus, you know, the uh, Michael Keaton and George Clooney Batman. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just like, uh, but I think Keith, or not Keith, Heath Ledger gets a lot of credit for that trilogy, but that movie, those, that trilogy is solid from the beginning to the end. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan. If you, if you yeah. want to get, if you want to get messed up, you should actually listen to Hans Zimmer's Joker theme from the second film because you never notice it because you're so focused on Heath Ledger's performance, oh, but it is phenomenal. Okay, so my first, my, my number one pick, uh, it has the, the cheesiest uh, value. Uh. <laughs> Jacob's rolling his eyes. Uh, so, but I'd be, I, I couldn't not mention it because the one listener of our podcast I know we have for sure is my wife. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, my wife, Jordan, she actually walked down the aisle to a Hans Zimmer theme song from The Holiday. <laughs> oh. Have you seen The Holiday, Carl? I actually just watched it for the first time. Um, With, yeah, Jack Black Jack and Black, Jude Law. Yeah, yeah. What did you think of it? It it was pretty good. It wasn't. I was. I was hoping for for better, but I mean, it, it's no love actually. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, I wasn't. I wasn't. You know, I didn't hate it. So yeah, it's it's not a lot of things. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's a super cheesy, sappy moment in the movie. I don't know if you remember it, but it's when Cameron Diaz breaks down in the car and starts to cry for the first time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And it's also kind of. Uh, you know, images are swapping. It's that story and then this other story. And uh, I think it's the part where uh, the old guy starts to walk down the aisle. It's that whole theme, but uh, it's there's it's the song is called "Cry" and it's just this beautiful, really light touch. Uh, it's a it's a a score you wouldn't necessarily assume is uh, Hans Zimmer. You it almost sounds more like a Danny Elfman piece. It's very kind of bouncy and lighthearted. A lot of uh, tenor strings or whatever. Uh, but uh, I'll play a clip here so you can hear it, of course. But uh... And then when Cameron Diaz starts running back to yeah, shoot out the limo not, and then it breaks into that. I'm not saying anything about the movie, whether it's good or bad. <laughs> the best musical moment of that movie is Jack Black going, Scrootin' deetin' doo 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 That's the Driving Miss Daisy tune. Yeah. That is funny. But, yeah, so that takes up about an hour. Carl, thank you again for joining. Absolutely. So before we go, is there any scores of his that you guys were disappointed in? Hmm. And I'll tell you why I'm asking. When if you, but um, I, I don't have any. But there's one. Are you? Have you guys heard? The, have you seen the the Blade Runner sequel yet? Yeah. Yeah. So he did, did. He did the soundtrack for it. But if you're not familiar with the story. 
um, Denny Villeneuve, the director, normally works with a friend of his from Iceland on most of his movies. And he brought him on board for this film, and he want, but he, he was adamant in his instruction that he wanted it to sound close to the original Vangelis soundtrack from the original Blade Runner. Yeah. And for whatever reason, either his friend couldn't or wouldn't do it. And so at the last minute, uh, Denny pr- approached Hans to do it. And so I don't know how much time Hans actually had, but I remember watching the movie and thinking the mu- the music isn't, it's not bad by any means, but it certainly it made me wonder like if Hans had had more time, could he have really nailed it again uh, in this? Because at the end of the actually insert a piece of the original uh, Vangelis music from the original. Yeah, is that in the flooding car scene? No, it's actually when uh, at the end when um, Ryan Gosling is sitting on the steps in the snow. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. Jacob and I saw that together, and I think you mentioned that you're like I I thought I thought you maybe had said this is the actual theme or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the original is so good in that. That's the only thing I walked away from the original Blade Runner being like, wow, this was good. Yeah, <laughs> Kevin does not like the original Blade it's Runner. It's your favorite movie, Carl, but that's another one where we're like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's a, it's an acquired taste for some people. It's I get it. I'm a fan through and through. I, I Yeah, I, I love the original. And I love the new one, too, for the I, most yeah, part. Yeah, I think, uh, I can't remember exactly what you said, but... Uh, I enjoyed the new one. I thought it was better than the old one, but I think we liked it about the same. Yeah, I think the, I the gave it a one. nine out of ten. Yeah, it's, I think I gave it a four out of five. We do uh, we, we do four out of we, we do a scale of five beers on this show. <laughs> so <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, as far as the ones I was not impressed with. The only one I can think of, but I'm not, I'm having trouble locating it. It was uh... I, I I think I'm more along the lines of just looking at things and going, I was just disappointed in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, why did he? Did, why? How much did they have to pay him to do that one? I'm, um, I'm amazed how many movies I see. Like the other day, I happened to catch the beginning i actually watched the whole movie it's it's a favorite of mine a league of their own oh yeah and his name came up as the music and i was like i didn't know he did the music in this you know but then there's so many like that yeah cool runnings he did yeah uh which cracks me up i love that movie hannibal um yeah (laughs) i i don't know i I'm not really seeing anything that I'm disappointed in as far as like the music goes, like movies I didn't like, but that the scores still were enjoyable. I mean, yeah, I was trying to think both of his, that's funny that cause you mentioned the DC action movies or maybe you didn't mention DC, but I said every Zack Snyder film. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, he did the score for man of steel and Superman versus Batman or whatever that one was. Dawn of Justice. Both of those movies I didn't love, but I don't really remember the music the, in that either. Actually, so. the music in Man of Steel is really good. Yeah, I yeah, I agree. I've listened to the soundtrack by itself, but but I I I guess I would say Batman versus Superman. I felt I felt kind of ho ha about the soundtrack. Yeah. Like 
I I felt like it was, I don't know. It, it's just hard for me. It's hard for me to say that I went into that with, uh, without bias. Yeah, but. Yeah, it's something about DC. They just can't, can't pull it like Marvel, you know? <laughs> yeah, they just yeah. can't make it. Yeah, exactly. It's because they keep on chopping up their movies post-production. I think. He goes uncredited, according to IMDb, he goes uncredited for something with pirate radio. Which is one oh, of my yeah. favorite movies. That's a great film. I love pirate radio. That's a great I just film. can't think of there being much actual music right. in it. Besides. Yeah, it's mostly yeah. the songs, but... Exactly. Yeah. If you guys ever... Um, if you really like the movie, you should... Uh, in, in Britain, it was called The Boat That Rocked. Yeah, and if you buy the Blu-ray from Amazon UK, the the British version is twenty minutes longer. I okay. will have to pick that up because yeah. I don't even think you can buy it in America anymore on Blu-ray. Yeah, and it and there's what's awesome too is there is literally almost forty-five minutes of hilarious deleted scenes. Okay, I'll oh, definitely okay. have to do that then. It. You'll have to bring it over, Jacob. Yeah, because I, I love that film. Yeah. Kelsey and I watched it for the first... Well, she watched it for the first time last year, and I adore it. Yeah, and, and, and it's the, the region is universal, so you don't have to worry about uh, region code. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I've had problems with that before. Yeah. So, that's good. All of Universal's titles are region-free, which is nice. That is nice. Awesome. Well, Carl, uh, I had a question for you. Um, you were in a a TV show. Where, where, did they film a whole season of that uh, William Rowan Jr. show, the uh, the Vista or whatever the villa. that was? The Villa. Yeah. No, it's just it's just the pilot so far. Any news on that? Has it gotten picked up, or is it playing anywhere? Or it's no. In fact, I actually just emailed him the other day and asked him, are we free to share it yet? And he hasn't responded because I don't know if he's, because like Sundance Festival is next month. He might be waiting to see if he gets into that and if it gets viewed. Gotcha. Um, so I know he's entered it in several others, but uh, I haven't heard any, any more at this point. Do you go to Sundance since you live in Utah? Or I guess maybe you don't want that known, but... <laughs> oh, no, no, that's uh, fine. It, yeah, I go uh, when I can, or when I know there's a film I, I really want to try to check out. It's kind of a madhouse these days. In in many cases, it isn't worth it. <laughs> but, oh, don't uh, say that. My wife and I uh, are going this year for the first time. Oh, well, you'll enjoy it. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just crowded. You just have to prepare yeah. yourself for that. Um, yeah, we're not renting a car or anything. We're going to... We're just gonna go and let the festival happen to us, kind of. <laughs> are you are you staying in Park City? Yep, we're staying. Uh, we're staying right in the crux of like what? There's like the Egyptian Theater on one end, and then there's like an L-shaped street. It kind of looks like yep. according to the map. Oh we're yeah, you'll have a blast right then the if you're staying there. Yeah, you'll have a blast. Yeah, we're excited. You it's don't have a, to worry about parking. It's our anniversary. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, so that'll be good. Well, uh, when we get in there, we'll uh, we'll send you a a message if you want to hang out sometime. Yeah, yeah. Send me a note, and I'll I'll see if I can sneak up there, and we can have a drink or something. Yeah, that'd be great. 
Uh, well, cool. Uh, this episode, it's not going to post this next week. Uh, this next week is going to be kind of our intro episode, but uh, it should be up the week after that. Um, okay. And really appreciate you uh, coming on. This was fun. I had a good time. I thought it was a good conversation. No, I'm, I'm, I'm honored. I'm, 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 I had a lot of fun. I, I appreciate the invite. Cool. Well, maybe we'll have you on again sometime if you, and if you ever want to talk about something specific or, uh, or talk about a movie, drop us a line and we'll, uh, we'll reconnect. Yeah. yeah. We'd love to do that. Yeah. We'll have you guys on movie podcast. Yeah. So. That'd be yeah. great. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, take care of yourself. Uh, how's that shoulder? I just started physical therapy, so it's, uh, Oh, that, that's stage. fun, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's getting better. So thank you. Good, good. Well, take care of yourself. Thanks a lot. All right, you too, guys. Yeah, thanks thank for you. coming on. See you later. Yeah. Well, that was our conversation with Carl Huddleston. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed having the conversation. If you'd like to know, get to know the hosts a little bit better, stay tuned. We have a little after show segment where we kind of get to know Carl a little bit. And uh, tune in next week where we are hoping to have a conversation with Josh and I about the disaster artist starring James Franco and Dave Franco and the usual crowd about the crazy, inexplicable movie The Room with Tommy Wiseau. So stay tuned for next week. Looking forward to that. All of today's film music clips were taken from YouTube. This podcast is brought to you by the Zade Story Studios. I'm your host, Kevin Zade, and you'll hear us next week on One Brew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Are you not entertained? Hello? Hey, Kevin. Hey, Carl. How you doing? Hey, good. I saw that you had tried to call a couple times, but it looks like it immediately hung up or something. Yeah, something like that. I don't do this Skype thing very often, so oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so it works for me. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good. You can hear me all right? I, I can hear you good. Can you hear me? Yep, just fine. Nice. Uh, Carl, this is my co-host, uh, Jacob. Hi. Hey, Jacob. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Cool. So, uh... So, uh, Jacob, Carl does Movie Podcast Weekly. Yeah. Um, he's You've been on there since it started, right? Yep. Forever ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, so, this is going to be technically our first episode of our new podcast, One Brew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So, welcome. Well, I'm honored. <laughs> Where are you guys located? Uh, we are in Salem, Oregon, about an oh, okay. hour south of Portland. I thought you guys were in California for some reason. Oh, no. We're far too uh, northwest <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be considered California. <laughs> Although, well, at least you... Oh, no, go ahead. Nowhere near those wildfires then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. You said you're, in the last episode, you said your daughter wants to be one of those? Uh, one of the firefighters. Like a firefighter. Yeah. What? No, they call them the the hot shots. So oh. guys that go and like do it in the summer. <laughs> so even more dangerous. Yeah, even more. I'm like, yeah, I'd rather you didn't, but. Uh. <laughs> you just have the one daughter. No, I have two. Okay. Uh, 
Yeah, my oldest daughter is uh, is she's married and lives in Idaho. Nice. I have a four year old and a two year old, both girls as well. Oh, nice. And I avoid children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine are grown, so I'm in that relaxing phase where I all they want now is my money. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, so, when I was thinking about uh, a guest for this episode, uh, you oh, I've been listening to you guys since the beginning. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I had well, thank a, you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Uh, I had a driving job where I could listen to podcasts, and so I searched movie podcast, and your guys' name popped up. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so... It's, I find you to be an interesting host because you and I are hit and miss. Some of your favorite movies I can't stand, and some of your <laughs> some of the movies you hate I love. But then, yeah, uh, there well, are movies good. like uh, what? It's uh, Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. This happened the last time, and you loved it, and so I avoided it. <laughs> <laughs> but then my buddy told me that I would like it, and I watched it, and I loved it, and I went back and listened to your review, and I thought you said good things about it, and I was just like, well, maybe I'm wrong about this Carl guy. <laughs> but the yeah, one thing it's... we never disagree on is Hans Zimmer. I, I, you're the only other person uh, who has a passion about Hans Zimmer like I do, so I thought, you know, he's going to be all right. <laughs> yeah, oh, he's... Every time he he comes out with a new one now i just i keep thinking at some point he's got to run out of ideas and he doesn't he just keeps going he's got tons of uh tons of movie credits and he yeah he seems like he's just keeps going um have you do you follow him on facebook i don't uh um i i actually just recently started uh just to follow my daughter just uh got into Twitter still learning how it works, frankly. Um, but I do, I'm a heavy Facebook user, but I actually never thought to follow him. <laughs> yeah. He's on uh, Facebook and he is always advertising this uh, music class he does online. And oh, does he do one of the master classes or whatever? Yeah, Something like that. Yeah. I've always wanted to take it, but that's hilarious. Uh, huh. Do you play any instruments? No, when I was in college, I, I played bass a little bit. Uh, I actually started as a music major because um, I wanted to get into uh, producing and recording engineering. But it turned out I was I was too far behind in my knowledge of theory. And so I had to finally switch to communications. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that theory is... Yeah, and I yeah. frankly I didn't realize I kept thinking, why do I need theory? I'm not going to actually be performing. I'm going to be engineering and producing. You know, I just have to have a good ear and know how it works. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know how colleges are—they want you to jump through all the hoops first. Yep. Jacob's just about to finish. Uh, he's got what? You got one more term left? Mm, no, I have two more. Ish on uh, a degree in creative writing. But, oh, cool! Yeah. It, uh, so, do wanna... you guys play play anything? Uh, yeah, actually, that's kind of how Jacob and I uh, we work. We were working at a restaurant together, and we circumstances made us move in together. And we uh, 
<laughs> some of our first memories are staying up super late playing the guitar. Him teaching me. He's a far superior guitar player than I am. Which is oh. far too kind of compliment. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Jacob and I have been friends about oh, 11, almost 12 years now. So wow, yeah. we go back a ways. Okay. But uh, nice. yeah, so um, I <clears throat> being, uh, I don't know if you listened to any episodes of the Zade story. And no offense if you didn't. No worries. Yeah, I I wasn't familiar with it until you, you reached out. So, But uh, Jason was aware of your podcast. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we did that for a little over two years. We had like almost 112 episodes. And uh, life was kind of getting busy and we were kind of taking a look at it. And so we are trying to do maybe a reformatting, a revamping bring in Jacob as a permanent co-host um, to kind of ease the duties of a different co-host. And so we decided to change the name, change the face, and uh, just kind of start from scratch. So we'll see if it worked out, works out good for us or not. Um, but 